Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Bonjour, welcome to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Today I'm pleased to be with Jean-Louis Leblancroix. He is the founder of Saint-Henri. He's based in London. However, he is originally from Quebec. Jean-Louis, thank you for taking the time to chat with me, certainly because you are in a different time zone in London. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you for having me, Ryan. It's really, it's a pleasure. Yeah, great. Um, for, to get started, can you tell me a bit about Saint-Henri? You know, I know that you guys have some great points of sales. You guys are currently at Essence, and you are also in Japan at, at the Rad Lounge, if I'm not mistaken. But I would love for you to tell our listeners yeah. more about Saint-Henri. Yeah, basically, um, Saint-Henri is a project that was born with a very old friend, my best friend, Maxim, um, which I've known since I'm six years old. And we, um, I mean, since, since we know each other, we always had like many different random projects. And we thought like, because um, we were both interested in fashion uh, when we became like kind of late teenagers. I moved to London to study fashion design and Max moved to Paris to study fashion and uh, luxury management. And we just thought like, while we were both in Europe, like, hey, why not try something together? You know, let's make a collection, see how it goes. Really, that's how St. Henry was born. And then on the, on the way, when we were creating the company, I met uh, Mathieu Huppé, which is a, another Quebecer uh, who was based great. in London at the time, and kind of like involved him in the project. Mathieu is a graphic designer. He's a great um, art director as well. Then shortly after, we presented our first collection in Paris, uh, which was SS18. And we got picked up by Essence and Rad Lounge. And then we just kind of like um, grew from there, really. It's great that energy is aligned for all of that. And I know the name is based off the banlieue or the neighborhood, Saint-Henri. Can you describe a bit of Correct. that neighborhood? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, last, time I was, last time I lived in Montreal was five years ago, and um, that's where I used to live, around the, around the neighborhood of Saint-Henri. I, I always thought the history of the neighborhood was really interesting because it was 1950s, 40s, 30s. It was a French-Canadian working-class neighborhood, but also Irish and African-American neighborhood. And it created this sort of like really dynamic place. And it was also like the birthplace of jazz in Canada. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was just like a really interesting energy that I tried to capture with the brands. And also like just really simply, I thought the, the word looked pretty good when it was printed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, I thought it was quite like a well-balanced word uh, just in terms of like graphic design. And it's also something that you can say in, in French, but it's also really un, uh, easy to pronounce in English. So I thought there was a sort of like sexy international element to it as well. No, and I think, you know, the neighborhood Saint-Henri or just Montréal in general, it speaks that it, it's, it's a true melange of different cultures, of Anglophones, exactly. Francophones. I think that is the beauty of Montreal to many people who have not had the pleasure um, of going there yet. Totally, um, yeah. But this leads me to your new collection, which I think I really like the fact that the desert is a main part of the ethos just because well, everything's going on right now. Um, and when I think you mentioned that's a clean slate to start anew. So how did that become your inspiration? I mean, basically, when I start a new collection for St. Henry, um, I always start from a narrative um, that I invent. And that kind of like leads, if you want, my uh, design process. And very often this narrative involves a sort of like community that I invent, which is very often like a sort of outcast community. And this time for my latest collection, I thought of... I invented this fake research center, basically, or this like fictitious research center, which is called the St. Henry United Research Center. Yep. And 
I just imagine it as being this sort of like weird, like super DIY sort of building um, lost in the middle of a desert uh, and like New Mexico or something like that in North America. And yeah, I just imagine this collective of people just living there off the grid completely doing these like strange sort of experiments in the realms of like spirituality, you know, experimenting with chemicals, sort of like a, a twist on like the hippie movement really, but something yeah. for like 2020 basically. And also something that I noted that it involves science and the importance of science. And I, I like the acronym, the LSDA, the, the love yeah. science department. I thought yeah, yeah, that I was... Mean, it's a little joke for with it's like a little reference to LSD, obviously. Um, <laughs> and I always try to like um, incorporate a bit of humor in my collections. Um, but to be honest, like these days, I'm really interested into the merging of like art, science, and, and politics. And I guess kind of like naturally, I went into that direction uh, because it's just something I'm really genuinely interested in. And I think it's really speaking about science that's really tied to politics right now. Speaking about being sustainable, you also mentioned that you're withdrawing from the traditional fashion calendar. Yeah. What prompted you for that decision and how, how is that going to change your operations? First of all, I think it comes from like a personal, a personal experience. You know, um, I think the last show we did was um, SS20 and we burnt a lot of energy, a lot of money. And, you know, when you do a fashion show in London uh, in, in mid-June, it's like a heat wave. Paris, it's heat wave plus like plus 100. And you come back to London, you completely drain, close to burnout. And I just feel like in the sort of like context where we, where we are now in the world, it's just a bit of a waste to do a fashion show. Um, it's a waste of material. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of money. And it's yeah. just not the most smart way to do business or to do fashion business, I think. So it's a great experience. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's beautiful and it gives you a sort of rush of energy. But I don't think it's something I want to do um, in the near future, for sure. Well, it's a huge project. I agree with you. And at the same time, with COVID, how are people going to go to fashion shows? Will they feel comfortable? And that's something we'll have to see. Yeah, um, I mean, I read something really interesting. What Burberry are going to do basically for their next fashion show, and they're one of the first big fashion houses that kind of like reveal their plans uh, for their next runway, and they're going to do it outdoors. Uh, so they're going to do it. Okay. Uh, I think they're going to do it um, on sort of like next to a cliff on the seaside of England somewhere, uh, which I thought was a quite quite a good idea. You know, I mean, it's 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 going to be extremely polluting anyway because to travel all these people there, and but still, I thought it was quite like a the least worst option, <laughs> let's put it like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it'll be, still be beautiful, but it, it, is a, it is a good solution you know, yeah, for, yeah. for the temporary term. It's so simple, uh, but I thought it, it just hit the spot really well, you know? One of the ethoses of my podcast is, you know, to speak about what excites you and what frustrates you. Is there anything yeah. that you can say that you're excited about at this moment? Uh, I mean, I think like in a post COVID world, um, what I really like to see is like sort of like new movements of like do it yourself, you know, DIY. Um, I mean, it's stupid, but you know, it's, it's kind of a memes now, but like people learning how to make bread and yeah. um, learning how to sew and all these little things that people didn't do before or didn't take the time to do. And now they're relearning these like, sort of like really basic skills that like most of our grandparents knew how to do, you know, I think it's quite beautiful. And also, like I was saying earlier, I'm really interested in the merging of like art, 
uh, with science to make politic arts, basically. And there's a really good example of that. Uh, I don't know if you know, Ryan, but it's, it's called Forensic Architecture. It's, a, it's an art collective from London. Oh, and okay. They basically, what they do, they use like um, architecture techniques to investigate war crimes or um, just crimes in general. And they get to, I mean, everything is done in like this kind of like beautiful art, art direction aesthetic, you know. Uh, but they come to very interesting conclusions, which very often defies the sort of like mainstream um, consensus on some on some on some issues. So yeah, I think it's it's to me that's the. Um, I mean, I'm not an art expert, but I see the art going that direction more and more. That's a beautiful thing about fashion art and architecture is it's it's a way to make a statement and to express your beliefs, totally, um, yeah. which I believe is beautiful. There's some. Well, leave me a bit off track, but um, I noted on your Instagram um, that you're participating in Creatures for Systemic Change. Um, I thought it was a great um, initiative because, you know, when the societal issues have occurred, everyone was doing the black squares. And I yep. mentioned this early in one of my previous episodes, which is great to show that support. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, brands need to um, really act on what they're saying. And that's when it becomes difficult. Can you tell me a little bit more about Creatures for Systemic Change? Basically, it's a, it's, it's a really cool initiative. Um, and I've been put in contact with them um, through the British Fashion Council. Um, and I was super thankful because I thought it was a great idea. And basically, it's a super simple system. But they reach out to different artists and designers. And they ask, um, they ask, to, they ask them to donate one of their artworks or garments or piece or whatever it is. And then they create this sort of like online raffle where you put money to sort of like you bid for the garments um, and then someone will, will win the, the, the object. Uh, but all the money that is accumulated will be given back to organizations that amplify black trans community voice, basically, uh, or empowers them. So um, I just thought it was a beautiful gesture. And I thought it was... Uh, no, it's, it's, it's perfect because, you know, right now is... You know, in New York City, it is, you know, Pride Month. Put light on and support those communities that have been a strong voice, you know, especially for the LGBTQ community as well. Um, To come back, is there anything that frustrates you? Because I know you mentioned what you're excited about, but is there anything that irks or frustrates you at this moment? There's many things on the daily, you know, that frustrates (laughs) me. But the main thing really is just money being held by very few people. Uh, most of the money in the world being held by very few people. It's, a, it's something, though, that hopefully within arts can be expressed further. You know, totally. So, and so also, like, can... what, what I find annoying the most is that these people um, are kind of very slow to understand the importance of our planet and to understand that like, we form a sort of like whole with nature and the planet. And so it's... No, I, I, it's, it can be, it's a very slippery slope. But that's, and that, that's one of the things I like about, you know, your new collection is because you're putting reference to that. How to be in the de- desert, that's nature. And then how to incorporate science, you know, which is something if you believe in science, then you can see the changes of global warming that's happening and how we need to reduce, you know, our pollution. Yeah. Um, and also it's, it's about science, but it's also about spirituality. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, reconnecting with the planet which like for most of us who live in big cities are, are getting, I mean, are completely disconnected. Uh, yeah, I think that creates traumas, you know, uh, traumas. So um, yeah, that's a bit of the idea of like 
going back to like you know uh, mother mother's earth and in cities now I think you're even more disconnected from nature given the fact if I don't know how London is but New York we're just starting to get back to some sort of a new normal you know going out to restaurants but you if you were inside the whole time there's no way you could actually even appreciate nature around you and Those you're probably too mean, afraid to go out upstate to explore the forests around us yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, one of the like extremely lucky ones uh, during lockdown in London where I was really close to a big park, um, which is called the Hackney Marshes. And it's basically uh, a whole sort of like forest and like swamp. And uh, I went there every day during lockdown for, for at least 10 minutes a day, uh, sometimes like up to like a few hours. And that really kind of like helped me, helped me to, to, to negotiate with the lockdown and social distancing. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like a big reconnection moment, weirdly, um, with nature during the lockdown. Well, and the, I imagine it helped you keep your sanity just because it allowed you to get out and breathe yeah. fresh air. And recollect. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I also want to touch base on you know, your, your other collection um, called Dog Speed. Um, yeah. Can, can you share a little bit more about Dog Speed? Yeah, sure. Um, so Dog Speed, um, I mean, to compare it with St. Henry, uh, I think St. Henry, you could describe it as sort of like classic fashion because it's kind of like based off of a dream. It's a bit like a fantasy world. Uh, but dog speed in a position um, is really anchored in reality. And this reality is like uh, the reality of where I grew up, which is kind of like rural uh, Southeast Quebec, uh, right on the border of Vermont. And it's sort of like a Quebec twist, I mean, this part of Quebec is sort of like a Quebec twist on like the Appalachian culture. Uh, you, know, you know, so very kind of like isolated people, outcast people, uh, you know, people driving like 100 kilometers uh, per hour with their pickup truck and their cowboy hat <laughs> <laughs> on these like little uh, countryside roads. So, yeah, it's kind of really taking this sort of like countryside aesthetic, but with like a woke angle so like you know incorporating the love of nature the love of animals with a bit of like a psychedelic magic mushroom sort of vibe as well um yeah so that's really dog speed um it's really fun it's kind of like a really simple project sort of like a, a holiday for me almost you know when i'm working on dog speed. it's just about having fun really well it's a, it's a good refresher and, and as you mentioned i think it's a good way of mentioning quebec that a lot of people don't know exists you know quebec you know, has the Appalachian Mountains and has a lot of nature that's beautiful, beautiful that's worth recognizing. That many people in America, they could just take a short drive or take a quick flight, they can, they can experience it. Um, totally, yeah. Something that I want to close on is, um, do you have any advice for any other young brands? Because it's very difficult to navigate as a young brand to start. Uh, you know, especially many young brands, you know, target to work with places like Essence. Um, so what advice do you have to them um, or to retailers for that matter that who you partner with? So say advice to young designers, right? Yep. Um, I mean, I would say like, and it's quite cheesy and like a cliche, um, but it's about finding your own voice. And that I feel like it doesn't come in one day uh, or even one year. I think it's about a lot of like trial and error. And about really sitting down and going like inside you and like really looking at what interests you uh, genuinely. Um, and yeah, it's about being authentic and finding your own signature really. 
uh, I think the rest will come. Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of hard work, a bit of timing and, and luck, and hopefully the rest should follow, really. 100% dead on. You know, If your voice is not sincere and not there, then that will carry through in your collections. And yeah, in the exactly. future, no one will be able to see what is the heart of the collection, and they won't yeah. know what it actually is. But it, Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, um, Jean-Noux, c'était un plaisir. Thank you again uh, for, for your time. Um, we'll chat soon. I appreciate it. And Et merci you... à toi, Ryan. Rien. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.